Welcome to the Live Exposed podcast. This is the podcast that is designed to help you break free from the fake life you've been living and live in actual freedom, the life you were actually meant to live. We're so glad you tuned in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do love what we're talking about, please hit the subscribe button, follow us. Also, uh, be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family and help them experience the life that they were meant to live. So, here to help you navigate your path to freedom is the host of the Live Exposed podcast, Mr. Reggie Brock. Hello again and welcome back to this episode of Live Exposed. I'm Reggie Brock and I am every day almost amazed at the important, meaningful people that I have crossed paths with over my life. I mean, just people who impacted me in ways that I didn't really realize till long after I had met them, right? I mean, have you you ever noticed that in your life? Sometimes somebody will say something to you and it really won't mean anything to you till later. Well, it doesn't mean it's any less important. It just means that when it now becomes something that I remember, it's for a reason. And so, you know, I, I... this has happened to me regularly over the last couple of months. And I've just run into people who were somewhere in my past. They've said some things to me way back when that now have just kind of surfaced in my life. And honestly, we're able to enjoy that moment together. And one of those things happened to me recently when I was, uh, had the privilege of going back to my, I think 42nd year, uh, reunion of, uh, evangel college. We were actually the first football team, uh, that, Evangel ever had. And I have not been back to a reunion. You know, I hadn't been, I hadn't seen most of these guys in 40 plus years, but being able to get back with them and, and feel uh, their presence, so to speak, and, and to remember, you know, the, the uh, camaraderie we had and the love that we had for one another. I mean, it's like, even after 40 years, when I first saw their faces, I immediately went back to those moments that we had together, that though they were 40 years ago, it's like they happened yesterday. And I, I, one of the things that I remember most about that weekend in Shreveport was being able to catch up with a man that had probably as much meaning in my life outside of my own father and importance to me, uh, my head football coach, Denny Duran. And when I first saw him, I mean, it, it, it was very emotional for me because though a time has passed and I haven't seen him in 40 years or so, I immediately was overwhelmed by his presence again because this man over the years had made monumental impact in my life. And so I was literally the whole weekend setting on the edge of my seat, just taking in every word that he said, because I knew even if it wasn't impactful for me right at the moment, words that he has said to me over the years have, uh, have I've reaped benefit of those in years to come. You see, that's kind of the way the law of the harvest works. You plant a seed, you speak life into somebody, and it doesn't necessarily happen today, but over years, you never see seed sown that doesn't reveal a harvest at some point. And I can point back to times in my life where Coach Duran had spoken things into me while I was in college 
that finally, you know, brought forth a harvest in my life years later. And so when I'm sitting with him and my 40 odd uh, member, you know, teammates, I was just thinking to myself, I got to hear every word he said. I don't need any distractions around me because one day what I hear, I receive and I put deep inside of me and I protect as a life seed spoken one day will produce a harvest. And that is the level of intent that I will hope some of you have in our interactions. I don't want to just speak and it fall on deaf ears. I don't want to speak life into some of you and it just be in one ear and out the other. And what's exciting to me is that's not happening because I'm hearing testimonies. I'm hearing feedback from people calling me, emailing me, texting me going like, hey man, I heard this word that you spoke. It's, it's, it's really caused me to reconsider some things. I'm listening, I'm, I'm pursuing change. I really want the things that are inside of me that are holding me back to be eliminated. So thanks for the positive word. You see, let me tell you something. You have no idea, many of you, how much power is in the tongue, how much life or death can be spoken just by the words you choose to, to, to speak. And so as you know, before I go any further in this podcast, I would tell you, guard your words because they matter. Good, bad, or indifferent. There's few words, if any, that go spoken that don't resonate and are planted in somebody or something that one day will yield harvest. And so as I was listening to Denny over the weekend, he he started talking about evaluating our performance. And he 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 put this entire script together with questions to be asked that really help us to define whether we're on track, number one, number two, whether we're contributing to others, and and number three, are we really willing to wait for the actual harvest to happen or are we going to faint, give up, and, you know, lose momentum. And I'm going to share with you those things he shared with my teammates and myself over the weekend that just really transformed the way that I think. One of the things that he spoke to me was the power of team. And guys, I've said this before on this podcast, you've got to surround yourself with people who you can go to war with, who will protect you, who you will protect. People that You've got each other's back. And honestly, you know, Denny spoke this to me. He said, like, when you left Evangel, you kind of just became (laughs) running out there by yourself. And, uh, you know, I I think you've had a lot of highs and lows because you just didn't have anybody around you. You weren't a part of a team. And when he said that, I thought, you know, you're absolutely right. Because I've always thought, and some of you hearing this may feel the same way, even though if people, because in my life, there were people that failed me and I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to give up on me. So really all I can depend on is me. So I'm going to go out and fight the fight. And if there's casualties of relationships that follow, so be it. But the fact is I've got to protect me. What I failed to realize is if I had equipped myself and I had submitted myself to being a part of a team, I didn't have to fight everything by myself. And so if you're today kind of depleted in energy, 
I, I would really encourage you to think about who's around you that you can draw strength from. Because if you don't have strength around you and you have no strength in you, you're destined to fail. It's just going to be a, you know, it's going to be something that you really can't even avoid happening. You've got to have strength. And sometimes that comes from others. And so that's the first thing I would tell you is, you know, get a part of a team and allow yourself not just to draw from them, but to contribute to them. That was the other thing that I think that he said that really spoke to me because most of us, not most, a lot of us have this sense of entitlement that if we're in someone's presence, they owe us something in return. Like if we're walking and looking and considering a relationship with somebody, I think one of the first questions that we ask ourselves is, what's this person going to be able to do for me? You know, what, what is it? What is it that they're going to bring to the table that adds value to me as opposed to first thinking, God, lead me into lives that I can give to them because I do believe that if giving is a requirement of mine, I'm going to receive back. That's just the law of reciprocity. And so I would encourage you to start seeing opportunities and thinking about relationship opportunities for people that you can pour yourself into because you can hold confidently to this fact that if you will sow, you will reap. If you will give, you will get. Much of the upheaval in relationships I've seen in my life and in others is when we become self-centered so much that we forget about our contribution to others as a priority. So get on a team that can surround and help you, but also get on the team that you can contribute your gifts, your strength, and your abilities to their well-being and welfare. Now, that's a novel idea, isn't it? I think much of the dysfunction of most teams that I come in contact with, either as a consultant or a coach or a friend, is that big weakness stares everybody square in the face and they don't understand why. And it's as easy to me to see as the nose in front, on, on the front of my face. And that is selfishness. People are there motivated by what they can get from the group rather than what they can give to the group. And if you trust the law of reciprocity, you're going to realize that all of your giving will not return void. Hear me when I say that. I'm telling you that your work to help others will not go unnoticed. I'm telling you that if you have a heart that sows kindness and generosity and love and patience and uh, acceptance to others around you, it'll come back to you pressed down, shaken together and running over. You'll not be able to contain it. Your barns will be filled to overflowing, but you can't go into life constantly thinking about the get. We're going to get, but it is in direct proportion to the measure in which we give. I know people, I've been in that place where I felt like um, I'm not getting enough back. And then I started analyzing, this might be a good opportunity for some of you who are hearing me to try this. Look at what instrument, the size of the instrument you're giving with. You know, are you giving with a thimble full? Or is do you have a dump truck full that you're providing people because you're going to get back in relationship to what the measure you've given. 
And so if you're tightwad with giving to others, and guys, I'm not just talking about money. That's probably the last thing that I would mention on this list. I'm talking about pouring and giving of yourself that includes your gifts and your talents and your abilities, the things that become useful to others, you give to them. And that's where I think strength and team is developed. I think we need each other. We co-labor together. But our priority has to be one another, not ourself. Our priority must be to realize that we have giftings and talents and abilities that are God-given, but they're not just for our own ambition, <laughs> our own um, uh, desires to be fulfilled. You know, most, I mean, many of us feel like, well, heck, you know, I've got a lot of gift and talents and ability here. How, how is it that that can best benefit me to grow my brand and, you know, grow my influence and all those things that we look at? And there's nothing wrong with that unless that's the priority. If you can't give without um, getting first, you're just going to be unbalanced and you're going to sense an imbalance because giving will always produce getting. And the size of the give you provide will be a direct and direct correlation to the abundance that comes back in the form of gift. Interesting thought. And I would encourage some of you who have a team struggle right now. I mean, there's just like this whole, um, you know, there's, there's a dynamic that's creating, you know, uh, just no connections one with the other. Um, it's almost become hostile for some of your, you in workplace or in a family life. And I, I think the first thing that you need to do is to survey and analyze yourself first and then your team and ask yourself these kind of questions. What's our priority? Are we giving first and getting as a uh, rep, uh, as the law of reciprocity would teach us? Or are we so self-driven and so ambitious and so personally goal-minded that we forget everybody else around us. Hey guys, I'm telling you, back in the day, what mattered to me was my team. I, I realized that there were guys to my right and the left when we stepped in on that football field or basketball or court or baseball, the diamond men, I knew that there were guys around me that they might not always have their A game. And guess what I had to do? I couldn't complain and gripe and moan about them. I had to pick them up. We've lost a sense of picking one up when they've fallen or are weak or have just made a mistake. We want to, we want to blame them. We want to, you know, we want to fire shots at them. We want everybody to realize that wasn't me, it was him. And as a result, we have no chemistry. We lack chemistry in life in more I think more relate more relationships than we would admit to. We just lack chemistry. It's transactional. There's nothing a covenant there. There's there's no really willingness on our part to sacrifice for someone else. And can I tell you this? It shows up. It shows up. And so, as a team, I think now I want to talk to you kind of about these this performance spectrum that Coach Duran talked to us about. 
Because what it basically helps us do is to take a keen eye, with a keen eye, take a look at the things that affect performance and contributions to a team. Because I want chemistry for you in your organization. I want you to have harmony at home. I want you to have all these things that matter, but you have got to evaluate yourself based upon, he gave us seven like uh, evaluators to really see where we are in relationship to giving and getting and performance regarding contribution to a team. So I want to share those with you as uh, I, I move on in this podcast today. Well, the first thing that uh, coach told us about in terms of evaluating and looking at this performance spectrum was this. He said, you've got to be able to be honest with your skill set. This is kind of a tough one, but it's true. You got to ask yourself about you and your team. What did skill wise you arrive with? And is that the talent that's needed for the spot we're trying to fill? And I'm going to use a lot of sports analogies today, so I apologize. But when I got to Evangel, there was no way in the world I was equipped to quarterback our team. I just didn't have the mind, the body, nor the arm for it. I didn't have the talent for it. Now, I could have sat there till I was blue in the face and complained that I wanted to be the quarterback, but that's not what I was built for. I was not prepared for that. That's not the skill I brought to the table. So I could have fussed and I could have fought and I could have done a lot of distracting things to the team because I wanted to be the quarterback because the quarterback's the one that gets all the glory and everybody looks at the quarterback like, you know, they're the ones that are, you know, are basically the savior of the team. They lead the team. I wanted to be that guy. The fact was I wasn't equipped for that. And when I got there and settled into my role, I got into cadence and rhythm and I was able to perform. Can I ask you this? When you look at yourself and you look at the team that you're on, are you are you skilled for the position that you're in? Are they skilled? Did you bring somebody in and slot them wrong in terms of their role at your company? If you did, that could be some of the reason why there's lack of harmony or there's lack of of connectedness, they just don't gel because they're just out of position. Think about that. Evaluate their skill sets and allow them to see, hey, am I doing the right thing with the skills that I have to best contribute to the team? And as a leader, you've got to make some hard calls sometime. One of the things that I think guys do in business that creates problems is they have a hole to fill in their organization and they just find a warm, able body. And the fact is, if someone is not really, if they're kind of an introvert and they really, really, really don't like uh, to have to deal with people, sales is probably not a good role for them. But what is it they are? And guys, there's, there's skill evaluation tests everywhere. But I guess what Denny was trying to get across and I'm trying to share with you today is do you have the right people in the right positions? And if you don't, that's probably some of the cause for the lack of continuity uh, and the lack of teamwork and some of the frustrations that your team and you may be feeling. Number two, look at their fundamental mastery of you know, uh, the, the, the role that they have, the fundamental mastery. 
Are they, you know, ask yourself this question. Uh, how would you rate them regarding the mastery of the fundamentals that are required for the position they're in? So as a quarterback, I knew you had to have accuracy. I knew you had to have timing. I knew you had to have like this complete knowledge of not just your role on the team, but every position, where they were supposed to be, what they were. And so I took a breath of fresh air knowing I just needed to find my position. And what I determined I was going to do was develop the skill and master the fundamentals of my position. I played tight end in college. And I had a coach by the name of Paul Costa. Uh, that may name that may that name may ring a bell. Coach Costa was all pro with the Buffalo Bills for many years back to the time uh, when um, uh, O.J. Simpson was there. Had a, a fantastic uh, career, and we got lucky and hired him as a position coach for me at Evangel. Now they didn't hire him just for me, but I got lucky. He was my coach, and so. I remember being frustrated because I had an outside linebacker that I, you know, um, that um, played over my shoulder or played in front of me on the opposite side of the scrimmage line. And my, one of my jobs with a certain play called was a, basically a sweep that we ran. I had to hook that outside linebacker. Now, probably my ex-college roommate, uh, David, is listening to this today, and he'll realize what a struggle that was for me. I had to, I had to figure a way to get my hips turned and, and actually pin him in so that the running back could run with little or no resistance around the corner. I struggled with that. And one day Coach Pop Costa came up to me. He said, look, man, I'm going to give you a tip. You're not fast, you're not big, and you're not really strong. But I can tell you a way that if you will fundamentally pay attention to me and do what I tell you to do, you'll be able to hook that in. And that's all we need you, or that linebacker, that's all we need you to do. He said, if you look at where you're hitting when you fire off the ball, your head is in the wrong position. I thought to myself, my head's in the wrong position. He said, yes, your head is to the inside shoulder, center to inside of the sh inside shoulder. And he said, it needs to be outside shoulder. So you need to fire off at the outside shoulder of this linebacker instead of the inside shoulder. And what will happen is your drive will force your hips to turn and you'll hook him. Just a slight alteration in the technique. And so the first time I stepped up, I fired off the line of scrimmage. I didn't quite get it, but I could feel it. I could feel it. And all of a sudden, over a repetition of time, I was able not just to feel it, but to actually execute on it. But you see, you have to have fundamental mastery on your role to be able to perform. And so you may have people, again, in the wrong place because they're just not fundamentally sound. I'm sorry, they may be in the right place, but they're just not fundamentally sound. You're going to have to help them to understand the techniques required to for the position. That takes a master fundamentalist. And that's what I wanted to become. And I got pretty good, at, though I had lack of some skill, I really was sound fundamentally. And so, you know, some of you are listening to this, and I think you may be frustrated at work or even in your home life. You just haven't defined roles and the skills have not been established for there to be the performance needed for whatever environment you're in. What a great point. The third thing he talked about was hustle. He said, rate your energy, movement, and alertness of details when in the trenches. <clears throat> he didn't say just let's sit around and talk about it. He said, when you're out in game mode, when you're out competing, Whatever you're competing in, 
Are, how would you rate your energy and your movement and your alertness to details? Guys, what a powerful thought. If in the, in the heat of the battle, no matter what it is, in any relationship or place in life you are, if you lack alertness and energy, it is going to be really, really tough for you to be competitive. And the alertness is required at the detail level. So you may have people who are high energy, but if they lack alertness to detail, they're just going to run fast and get nowhere. You know, you may have people that are, um, they have high energy, there's great movement, there's constantly on the go, but they just don't pay attention to details that matter in the competition. And as a result, they find themselves moving. You've got to get those three things moving together, energy, movement, and alertness to what? <clears throat> details that matter. I hear guys all the time say to me, hey, Reggie, I sell it. Everybody else needs to take care of everything else. They just should be glad I can sell it. The fact of the matter is we're glad that you can sell it, but I need you to have more attention to the detail of making what you've brought back to the house, so to speak, usable for everybody in the company. And sometimes we sell stuff that just doesn't help anybody but us. We set the deal up wrong. We make decisions about the deal. And, you know, we, we don't care. We've just sold it, you know, another skin on the wall, another big commission. We move over. And don't think the first thing about our teams behind us who have to clean up our messes and deal with, une, you know, unexplained expectations that now you've walked away from that they have to deal with, right? Pay attention to details. That's where hustle comes in. Hustle is found in not just energy and movement, but alertness to details. The fourth thing he said was toughness. He said, rate your understanding between pain and injury and your ability to play hurt. I, I, I thought about this in several situations when I was in college where I would get tweaked, you know, my, like maybe my ankle would get twisted a little bit. And I really, really wanted, especially if I wasn't playing real well, to find a place on the bench <laughs> so that I could like just avoid, uh, you know, the opportunity of failing again because I had a little bit of uh, some pain. Wasn't a real energy, just an injury. It was just pain. I've been hit so many times, have 13 concussions, documented. And I can almost remember, if I hadn't lost my memory, uh, every hit that happened. But when I, when, when that, when I would ha get a concussion, that was a true injury that I couldn't, guys, I didn't know where I was at on the field. But sometimes in our competitive nature, we're out selling, we're out helping uh, people. You know, we're trying to do a lot of different things for people, but we find ourselves inadequately prepared or losing in a situation or a circumstance, or we find ourselves behind the eight ball because, you know, we've made a bad decision that now has the customer questioning us. And what we do is we just can't pay, play through that pain. We decide to basically give up and make an excuse for our failures. And so what Denny was saying to me in this is how tough are you to press through and push through and realize you just got to sometimes play with injury. And so I think in many environments, we've become soft, guys. There I said it. We've just, we've become thin-skinned. You know, we, we don't want anybody talking about us. How dare them to mention something that would sound critical. Uh, but 
I'm asking you to push forward. I'm going to get through these real quickly, these next few, these next three, but I just got a few minutes. So the next thing he talked about was resilience. How would you rate your determination to play through difficult moments, failures, and disappointments? Ask yourself that. Ask us about your team. When you start looking at your team, when tough times come, where do you find them doing what? Do they pay, play through and play with excellence and compete in excellence when they come up against difficult moments, failures, and disappointments, that that's an evaluator that I think help us to understand who we're dealing with, if they're slotted in the right positions, and if they're contributing in a, a meaningful way. Number six, he talks about coachability. This was one I really enjoyed. He said, can you be coached hard, especially when it comes to the area of correction and even being reprimanded? You talk about getting a society sideways, go to a T-ball game and watch what happens when an umpire wants, you know, um, you know, makes a call that a parent in the stand doesn't agree with or a coach doesn't put their kid in at the right time in the right place and they're not getting what they should. And watch what happens. Or when your son or daughter is coached hard by a coach on the field, dude, we can't take it. We don't want our kids to be subjected to that kind of nonsense. And I think basically what it's done is it's eliminated at something that's important to all of us. And that's a, a willingness to be corrected when we need to be corrected. And so ask yourself this, are my people coachable? Am I coaching them hard and correcting them for their benefit and their good and they're refusing it? If they are, you got a problem. And the final thing this is, you know, are they other centered? meaning how willing are you to play full speed when the play is not involving you and you are clearing the way for someone else? <laughs> that is powerful to me. Guys, we're all in to do whatever we need to do as long as we're getting the credit and glory for it. But if it's not about us, we're not really interested. I thank you so much today that you've spent time with me. I think that these are performance evaluators that can help you put your team together, create some connectedness, create a, a team environment so that you guys can move forward and actually reach the goals that you have as a company and they have as individuals. Thank you so much for being with me today. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Listen, if you ever need me, reach out and find me. I'm on social media everywhere. Have a good day. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Live Exposed with Reggie Brock. In fact, if you did, go ahead and rate the podcast and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. We also would love if you subscribe to the podcast and also shared it with your friends and family. They would probably enjoy it as well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week as we continue down the journey that leads to ultimate freedom through living the life that you were meant to live.